This is The Sean Prue Show on Canada Talks, Sirius XM 167. Happy weekend to you. Sean Prue here. Another hour of Thought Revolution Radio on the way. It is World AIDS Day today, December 1st, or perhaps you are hearing our Encore Sunday presentation, but either way, arguably no subject being talked about and thought about more this weekend than that of HIV and AIDS around the world. The December 1 annual day of observation is held to raise awareness of the AIDS pandemic caused by the spread of HIV infection and, of course, to mourn those who have died of the disease. Since the beginning of the epidemic, going on 40 years ago, 40 years ago, more than 70 million people have been infected with the HIV virus and about 35 million people have died of HIV. This time last year, end of 2017, it was estimated that globally 36.9 million people were living with HIV. Here at home in Canada, where the Sean Proust Show is based, I consider us so blessed. And I speak as someone who has lived for years as undetectable after being diagnosed HIV positive back in 2005. Undetectable, we hear that word a lot. What's the difference between being HIV positive and undetectable, I hear you think? I hear your thoughts, you know. Uh, An undetectable viral load means that so few copies of the virus are present in the blood, in my blood, for example, that today's monitoring tests are unable to even detect them. Even with an undetectable viral load, um, an HIV-positive person still has the virus. It's just no longer possible to transmit HIV. It is not possible to do it anymore. And that's a miracle. I spend more time making my morning smoothie and my green juice and my coffee than I do my HIV care now. I pop a pill in the morning. I pop more uh, vitamins and supplements than I do meds. And I don't think about it again. But it seems that when the subject of HIV is raised, you may think about it differently than I do. Would you, for example... Let me ask you this. Think about it. Would you have your makeup done knowing that the makeup artist was HIV positive? Would you have a facial given to you by an HIV positive person? Would you have a massage? Would you let an HIV positive person touch your body? Touch. So intimate. So would you? If you're thinking, nope, you're not alone, recent statistics show that here in Canada, 7 million Canadians think they're likely to contract HIV-AIDS from skin-to-skin touch. And that staggers me. Does it stagger you? It reminds me of back when I was pursuing a career in finance. I was in my 20s. A woman I worked with, a smart, educated stockbroker, uh, also went to the same gym I did. And we were talking around the water cooler one day about our workouts. And and now I'm dating myself. Um, I think we were standing by the fax machine, <laughs> not the water cooler. She said, uh, and I'll never forget this. I make sure to really wipe the sweat off the machines because of all the gays that go to our gym. I'm not getting the AIDS, the AIDS. Sweat isn't quite skin on skin, of course, but ignorance is ignorance. And I was flabbergasted then. We knew back then you couldn't get HIV or AIDS from sweat or touch, as I am now, because the numbers don't lie. 51% of Canadians won't share skin-to-skin touch with an HIV-positive person. Although, I would say 100% of Canadians have. We shake hands. We embrace we get our makeup done, we have massages, and, and we have uh, facials done, and you don't ask the status of the person. They could be. But when asked, this is how we feel. I'm about to walk in on a bold statement here on the show, live. The challenges, upsets, and shares the truth. You cannot get HIV from touching a person who's HIV positive. We're going to smash stigma today as I take you live inside Healing House, the world's first HIV positive spa All healers inside this pop-up spa in the heart of downtown Toronto are HIV positive. We're going to hear first from Keisha Shante. I love this girl. It's nice to see her again. You know her from BET's 106 in Park. And she's, of course, Kiki in Drake's hit song, My Feelings, uh, award-winning artist, philanthropist, actress, 
Uh, I just love her so much. It's going to be great to see her again, and I'll be right back inside Healing House with Keisha Shantae when the Sean Prue Show's annual World AIDS Day special continues here on SiriusXM Canada Talks, Channel 167. to the Sean Prue Show on Canada Talks, Sirius XM 167. Here's Sean Prue. I'm here with the lovely and talented Akisha Shante. What a nice surprise to see you again. Oh, thank you. You look amazing. <laughs> she said, I like your whole aesthetic. I'm like, let's get the mic going <laughs> and say that again. Nice to see you. So we're here at Healing House uh, in the heart of downtown Toronto. I say World AIDS Day, Akisha Shante. You say what? Oh, oh my gosh. There's so much to say. I mean, it's a disease that um, for some reason people still have this huge negative stigma about. I think that it's tough enough to live with the disease. It is horrifying to be treated subhuman, subpar um, for just misinformation. So that's what I think of for World AIDS Day because it's really about spreading awareness about the disease, but also to end the stigma. I think that's like the main goal for me um, because it's, it's all about living our best lives um, and how can we do that and um, affecting someone's quality of living because you don't have the proper information isn't right. So let's do something about it. One moment, please, while we do a high five. <laughs> Beautifully put. Oh, thank you. Because, um, you know, I was diagnosed HIV in 2005. Yeah. I've never been sick. I'm blessed. I'm blessed to live in a, in a nation with medical care like we have and in a time when we have these miracle drugs. Mm. Not the same with everybody. But I've never been apologetic about being HIV. I did what every human being I know who's had sex before has done. Mm -hmm. That's it. I'm a human being doing a human thing. And it, I, I, I chaired the 25th anniversary of the AIDS Walk for Life a few years ago. And that's when I saw the stigma you're talking about. Yes. That's when I saw people beating themselves up. And that's when I saw people judging others. And that's when I came out for the first time as HIV positive because I had kept it to myself. I didn't want to be the broadcaster who's HIV. I just wanted to be the broadcaster. Yeah. That's it. So I came out publicly at that time, and I'm stunned by the stigma still. It's honestly insane, and I've seen how far it goes. It really spreads. It's like a worldwide thing that we really have to tackle. And you know, I went to Africa, and I was completely shocked because when I went there, um, there were these kids who were born with the virus, um, and it makes me crazy because. They were orphaned and they couldn't go to school and they couldn't play with the kids and they couldn't be part of their family and they couldn't, people were buying food and dropping it at their door, not even knocking on the door because they thought the door would get them infected and they, and they would run. Um, so this was a school with just all these kids with the, the, the disease that were completely orphaned and their lives were changed all based on misinformation, miseducation and complete ignorance. Now that's just Africa. Now, in North America, you know, we have access to Google, uh, social media. Mm -hmm. um, we know so much here, and it, it's and we we have World AIDS Day. It's like a real. We really talk about this, but for some reason, more than half of people in North America still don't want to come in contact with somebody with the virus because they think that um, they can just get it that easily as if it's like a cold or a flu and it's like, I'm going to sneeze and it, it is not like that. It is so insane to me. So that's why this pop-up spa is really groundbreaking. Um, and really just trying to change the mentality. Like, you know, you can give me a massage, you can, you know, cook food with me. We can do things together and it's not going to change my life then that way, you know, I, so I think it's really important, um, that we talk about it because it's, it's sad. It's really sad. Um, and there's so many other things yes. that we should really be worried yes. about. Not this. Not this. <laughs> and, and, um, I'm a little older than you, but I'm, I'm, I was around when the specter of AIDS was making people drop like flies. I remember those days and those are different times. Different times. 
I was I used to have a finance career and I, I will never forget I went to the same gym as a woman in my branch and she was wiping down the sweat off of gym equipment because she didn't want to get AIDS. Oh, and I, I didn't dig that she was so ignorant because I knew better, but that was in the early 90s. So fast forward, we're in 2018 and people still think that. What do you, what do you, what do you make of that? I just think it's old school mentality. I think it's just so dated and just misinformed and it just makes me crazy. Um, there's so many things that we are just not understanding. And it, and it, you know what? It just really comes down to sharing, mm. sharing, um, being inclusive. I think now is an exciting time. I mean, as much as it's scary and there's a lot of horrifying things happening in the news every day, um, I feel really optimistic because people are actually talking about things now. Um, I'm seeing people from all walks of life, everyone is different, talking about real issues, coming together. There's a lot more understanding now. Um, so I'm hopeful for the future in the sense that I'm hopeful that people are going to take this subject, especially um, HIV and AIDS awareness. I feel like people are going to really um, push it forward. We're going to take facts mm. and we're going to push facts, you know, not just weird ideas that are in people's brains. And it's really just old thinking. Um, so it's, I think that now we're just as people starting to learn more about each other because mm -hmm. everyone is so uniquely different. Mm -hmm. um, and we're amazed to discover that we are all the same. We're all humans. We're all the same creatures. Um, and we're here for a very short time. So as long as we're here for a short time, I think it's our job to live a good life, but also make sure that our kids and their kids get to live a good life. And the only way to do that is to get to know each other. So um, I'm excited about today because I think that's really the goal is let's just get to know each other. Let's learn. I've always loved you. I love you a lot more than I just did. Oh. <laughs> you were so eloquent. Thank you for lending your, your, your name uh, to this wonderful cause. I wish you so much joy. Thank you. And thanks for being brave. That's what you're doing. The Sean Prue Show will be right back on Canada Talks. Welcome back to the Sean Prue Show on Canada Talks. Welcome back to the Sean Prue Show. We are live inside Healing House, a pop-up spa put on by Casey House here in Toronto to smash stigma in and around uh, belief that millions of Canadians and doubtlessly millions of Americans have about contracting HIV and AIDS through touch. Feels kind of 1980s to me, but um, the stats don't lie. And we're joining now a panel discussion in progress here at Healing House. And now, of course, the Healing House, which are in here today, uh, the world's first HIV-positive spot. And I'm going to be moderating this morning's panel. And the first thing I want to do is uh, introduce our amazing panel members here today. First off, we have Keisha Shante. She's one of Canada's top entertainers and most versatile artists. Not only a Juno award-winning singer, but also a songwriter, actor, philanthropist, and TV personality, best known for hosting BET's 106 in Park. But beyond her amazing creative endeavors, uh, Keisha is a philanthropist, and she's really been involved with this cause uh, for quite a long time. She served as a youth ambassador for a Canadian Foundation for AIDS Research and a volunteer time in Africa with Camp Bar, building schools and spreading awareness. So welcome, Keisha. Thank you for having me. Next up, we have uh, Melissa Dolgren, a registered sports Woo! massage therapist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. therapist, which I know does amazing things, because uh, I come out often, a certified yoga coach. She works in Toronto in a clinical setting, but also works with the world's best team, the Toronto Blue Jays, as a therapist there. Yeah. Uh, so fans. She also volunteered to train our amazing 18 uh, HIV positive healers uh, so that this place would become a reality while we Yay! Next, we have Joanne Simons, the CEO of Casey House. <laughs> 
<laughs> a driving force not just behind the wonderful care Casey has provided his clients, but a driving force behind ending stigma uh, around the world, really, at this point. So, welcome to Thank you. And then at the end, we have Randy Davis, one of our courageous HIV-positive spot healers, who's gone through the process of being trained to deliver the amazing services uh, that we're going to offer here today. You know, he saw actually what we did with June's last year and felt so strongly and passionately about it that uh, he made sure he was going to be a huge part of this year. So, thank you, Randy. Welcome. Thank you. And last but certainly not least, we have Maluba. She's not only one of our HIV positive healers this year, but last year she was one of the amazing chefs at June's. So, two years running, she's been involved. She's an activist. And she's the subject of many features around the world by sharing her story of the way HIV and stigma has impacted her life. So thank you, Pula. So I'd love to start a uh, discussion with uh, Keisha and Melissa. So Keisha, yes. so you get a call out of the blue from Casey House talking about the idea of creating the world's first HIV-positive spa. Um, you know, what were your media reactions? Oh gosh, my immediate reaction was, that's brilliant, that's thought-provoking, that's uh, very groundbreaking. Uh, because people really do think that skin-to-skin -skin touch uh, is a concern. Blows my mind. You know, this isn't, you know, a cold or a flu. <laughs> You're not just sneezing, you know, it happens. No, it doesn't work like that. Um, so, for me to hear the statistic that more than half of people in North America believe that skin skin touch, you can contract the disease, um, is mind-blowing because it's old information. Um, it's 2018, let's get up to speed here. Um, and I think the pop-up spa is a really great way to meet people, talk, share, learn, um, and realize that it really is a stigma that we can break by just being present. Um, and learning. So, Keisha, you are a very public figure. You mentioned the stats, you know, half of North Americans uh, really don't have the education that they need. So, is there any hesitation from your management, or what do you think some of your fans might say? Ah, oh, I mean, if I have fans that have anything negative to say, then I'm not sure I want them to say fans, to be quite honest with you. Um, no, no feelings whatsoever. You know, uh, as we were saying, I was youth ambassador uh, for CanFar, and uh, I did go to Africa, and I did see what the stigma did. I mean, we know what the stigma says in North America. In Africa, you know, there were young kids, four, five, six years old, who were completely orphaned, couldn't go to school, you know, couldn't get food, had to be put in, you know, middle of nowhere with other kids. Um, and couldn't enjoy their lives because of just misinformation. So I've seen um, how far that stigma can go and how horrifying that can be and how unfair it is. So I'm just passionate about it because we're really just pushing facts here. Um, and I think that's really important. So um, I'm just happy to be here. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you. Thank you. Melissa, uh, same question. So this is right in your real house. This is what you do uh, for a profession. So what were your thoughts when you first got the call? Um, it was the same thing. Uh, after getting the email, reading the statistics of how Canadians and North Americans still view um, interactions with people with uh, HIV, it was it was staggering to me because it was the same thing. I was like, it's 2018. Why are people still thinking like this? Um, so I immediately was like, sign me up. What do I need to do? What are the dates? Uh, you know, let's do it. And what was some of your action from some of the other RTs who you know? Um, same thing, I think it's just questions, you know, and that's the whole purpose of this, is to have people, the general public, who um, may not be up to date on, on what's happening and, and, you know, what the realities are, and it was just them asking me questions, is this safe, can you do this, that sort of thing, and me just debunking and giving back to saying, yeah, absolutely, you can't contact us again, like, this is an amazing um, event that's going to happen in the next few days, so yeah, it's just the same thing giving the facts uh, to put people's minds at rest. We're going to switch uh, track a little bit to Randy over here. Um, you know, one of the things that obviously keeps people from revealing their status is the terrible stigma around this disease that still exists. You know, so what sort of things uh, went through your mind as you sort of came forward, you know, knowing that this was going to be so public, you knew obviously how last year's uh, was a very public event. This year we aim to be even 
more out there uh, to educate even more people. What's some thoughts about your head? Well, as far as coming out of my, my status and being open and public about it, that's something that I made a decision to do um, probably a little over a year ago. Um, and it stemmed from anger, really. When I saw the, the lack of knowledge and the amount of stigma that folks living with HIV still face in 2018, and those old images of, of what you see in, in, in movies about the early days of, uh, of the HIV epidemic, those images are still the images that folks think about when they think about someone living with HIV. And I made the conscious decision after speaking with, uh, with my husband that I couldn't be quiet about it anymore. When I was initially diagnosed, I thought the only folks who ever really need to know that I'm positive would be anybody that I happen to have sex with. Um, but I very quickly realized that with the amount of stigma that's out there around not only touch, but uh, people preparing food and and all the other stigmas that, uh, that come along with, with being positive. Um, again, I get angry and need to speak up. Um, I'm, I'm not just HIV positive, I'm undetectable. I cannot transmit the virus, period, any sense. And folks need to know what that means. Folks need the education, because stigma in my mind is a combination of ignorance and fear. We educate folks to take that fear away, we eradicate the stigma. The HIV virus is something that is easily manageable, it's a chronic illness, I take one pill a day and I, I take more vitamins. But it's that stigma. Unfortunately, we don't have uh, a one pill a day to, to combat stigma. So the only way we can do that is through events like this. Um, people like my fellow panelists here who are willing to get up and, and talk about it and educate people and let them know, as Keisha said, it's 2018, you know? Get with it. Educate yourself too. Google is a great tool. So, congratulations first off on getting married recently. Thank you. you mentioned your partner. But dating, you know, within the gay community itself and the stigma of dating someone who's HIV positive, can you talk a bit about that? Yeah, when I was first diagnosed, I was single. Um, and of course, the first thoughts through my mind, I can't speak for all folks living with HIV, I can only talk to my experience. Um, but when I was first diagnosed, the initial thoughts that came into my mind were, I'm going to be alone forever. No one's going to want to touch me, let alone love me. Um, and I think that's pretty common to the folks that I speak to when they get diagnosed. Um, that initial emotional reaction is very intense. Um, but by the time I ended up, my usual 10-minute walk home took an hour to, to get home that night after my diagnosis. And uh, when calmer minds prevailed, I realized that, you know, not a death sentence. I know these medications. For me, it was just get on these meds. And to my surprise, 13 months to the day that I was diagnosed, I met the man who I just married last summer. Yeah. So it was never an issue from day one. And I made it very clear on, my, on the dating apps that I was on at the time that I, I was positive and undetectable. But I, because I was so open, at least on those sites, I had folks within my community, the, the gay community, threaten me. I, I've been told to kill myself because I have HIV. I mean, really? It's just, it's, it's not what should be happening, and that's why we need to talk about it. And can I just jump in there, because um, Keisha and Melissa talked about the facts and the stats, and it's really important we get that education out there, but there is a ton of emotion that goes behind those stats and facts, because these are people's lives we're talking about, and the stigma, because of the fear, then impacts all of our clients at Casey House very personally, right? They're people, they're human beings, and to know that um, only 51% of uh, people in Canada are, are willing to be touched or touch somebody with HIV, like it's staggering because what it means is that it wears at people's self-worth and value. And so you start to self-stigmatize, as we hear that a lot from our clients. And so there's a double whammy. And so not only are the stats important, but the emotion, the anger, and the outrage that this is still an issue in Canada in 2018, I think all of it needs to come together so that we raise voice. And it's that stigma that keeps people from getting tested. I mean, what, what are the percentages or the numbers of folks living in Canada now? A little over 9,000, I think, as of 2016, that are actually living with HIV but yeah. don't know it because they're afraid to get tested. They're afraid of having to live with that stigma. Maluba, you are the youngest here in panel, um, and really, part of a generation who didn't witness the AIDS crisis of the 1980s. You know, we did some research and found out, uh, you know, 
incredibly high numbers in terms of 51% uh, for example of Americans uh, who are millennial in the US uh, thinks it is in contact and transmit HIV. What's been your experience with uh, the lack of education uh, with your generation? I think it, it, it's been difficult um, just being born with HIV and I just met that lack of education even just in schools and things like that. It's very difficult as a child to be more educated than even adults in your life. And we didn't look through that fight and we didn't. So um, in some ways, it's back in the 80s, a lot of times people's friends would die. So there was always a lot of sympathy in that, that you saw that. And so when we advanced to now, it was HIV is a scary thing. It wasn't, people never saw those uh, things. So it, they look at you as a risk. And I also noticed that in pediatric care, they treated me like a human and really talked to me. Then I went to adult care, and I moved to, when I moved out and went to the first city, uh, they asked me to write down a list of partners. And I said I didn't have a list of sexual partners, and they said they didn't believe me. I kind of gave me a rundown, and it was so embarrassing to see things like that. Um, so seeing that lack of education, um, I, I'm trying to also uh, work on that and hopefully getting a lot of people out there, but it's something we really need to get to this generation because we are seeing, unfortunately, rise of the youth um, with HIV that are getting, getting diagnosed and then a lot of people are not getting tested. And when I went to university, uh, in my college class, about three people had gotten an HIV test ever in their life. So we're seeing rising numbers in that, but people are, either afraid to get a test or really like, what is it, Jimmy? Why does it matter? And things with skin to skin contact, that's why I got involved last year because when I was seven years old, I had a mentor that made me eat out of paper plates and paper cups while her and her husband ate out of you know, glass and uh, glass plates and glasses. And for this year, I've been turned away from about three massage therapists. I've been turned away from, I think, over 10 dentists. And these people you think would be professional, and you think would know this information, and you think that would be taught in their profession, and that's the most embarrassing thing. And again, with the emotion, in my mind, you're supposed to make a complaint. You're supposed to make a formal complaint. But emotionally, it hurts you, and it's exhausting to always have to make a complaint and explain why you went and go through that process. So you leave it alone, and unfortunately, let them get away with it. And I think that is the big surprise that a lot of people have is the lack of education crosses every socioeconomic strata. You're talking about dentists and massage therapists, and, and, and really that's just indicative of the lack of education from top to bottom, really, uh, when it comes to this uh, to this issue. So Joanne, you're the CEO of Casey House, and the second year in a row, your leading organization is something that has potential to be extremely controversial. So, you know, last year, as you know, there were tens of thousands of ignorant comments online. Terrible things were said when we did this restaurant. So, you know, I would like to say this is going to be the most aggressive and loudest spot ever because of what we're doing here today, because it confronts people. So what goes through your mind when you're presented an idea that you know could be as uh, controversial as this is for Casey House? I say bring it on. It's time. <laughs> 40 years after the epidemic began and we lost thousands of people across this country, it is time for us to stand up and smash stigma. These 18 HIV positive healers, they are the ones who are being brave and courageous um, and really putting their names and voices out there. So Casey House is just so proud to and honored to stand beside these folks. You know, Casey House, we're you know a world leading hospital in HIV AIDS care and we have been courageous from day one and we will not stop when nobody in the 80s wanted to touch, treat, care for people with HIV. June Callwood in 1988, you know, opened the North America's first hospice. And so that culture of pushing the boundaries and making people uncomfortable is part of what we do on a day-to-day -day basis. And 30 years later, we will continue to do it every single day until the stigma is gone. So Melissa, you know more than anyone about uh, the healing power of touch in, in a physical way. I think people understand, obviously because they've had massages, um, the amazing things that that can do in the body, but talk to us about the emotional side of touch and what that can offer someone. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's, it just, it affects you both physiologically and psychologically. 
Um, you know, massage is known to really get into the body where it's experienced trauma, and whether that's trauma by, you know, something um, pathology-based injury or or something that is affected um, via emotional trauma. And uh, yeah, it helps to induce more relaxation. It lowers your cortisol le levels, which is the stress hormone. Um, it just promotes general well-being. I mean, everyone knows how lovely massages feel. So imagine being someone who is living with HIV and as Muluva um, said, being turned away and not being able to experience that kind of touch. It's heartbreaking. Um, it just, yeah, it, it, it's just heartbreaking. So, Keisha, you've been an advocate uh, around this issue for well before your involvement in doing this, doing this for years. So, what inspired you from the very get-go to get involved? Um, I feel like I, I, I live a really, I feel really blessed. Um, and there's a lot of things that I've had the opportunity to do, and with that has come a platform to say something. I realized that when I was young, I started my career when I was 14, and when I was 14, all I ever wanted to do was win awards and put out albums. And you know, it was all very superficial things because I was 14 years old. Um, but then you realize as you get older that the things that truly feeds your soul um, is what you're doing to make change. You know, how you're giving back, how you're making the world a better place. Those are the things that I feel amazing getting to do. Um, and I have the platform to do it, so why not? Um, and with just HIV and AIDS awareness, um, it started with me just wanting to, you know, teach the youth about just, you know, sex, teaching them about sex, teaching them about, you know, their health and, and learning about things. Um, and it went from that to, like I was saying, going to Africa and, and then seeing the stigma attached to it, because that was never even in my brain. It was more just like, let's educate ourselves and let's get tested and let's know. And, teach the kids these things, and then when I saw how crazy the stigma was, given the facts, <laughs> um, that's when I got passionate about it from that perspective, and that's why I wanted to get on board with Casey House. Um, but overall, it's just, I just want to make the world a better place, I, and I like to say, you know, I just want to live my best life, uh, and life is so fleeting, it is so short. Um, we should enjoy ourselves. You know, it's, I, I can't imagine I have such empathy for the two of you just having the disease in itself. Um, the things that you have to go through with it. Um, I just, I couldn't even imagine. And then on top of it, to be treated differently just blows my mind. And it, it really upsets me, and I don't think it's fair. Um, so I just want to speak up about it. And any opportunity that I can do so, I will do it. Well, later today, you're actually going to be heading out on the street with the camera crew and be asking questions to the general public just on the street about how they feel about the concept of HIV-positive swap. What kind of reactions are you anticipating from surprising people on the street and trying to bring them in here, actually, for you know, a, a service? Um, I'm, I'm expecting it to be mixed, you know, given the stats. Um, I'm expecting some people to be completely open and educated and aware. And I'm and also expecting people to be ignorant to it. Um, to just hope that I don't take a fight. I mean, Big Rob's here, you know, take care of Well, that's the thing, too. I think people are going to be like, oh my god, it's Keisha Shante! Holy crap, right? Like, I think that they may have that reaction, too, because I'm feeling very nervous sitting beside you. Yeah. Yeah. Guarantees, but hopefully. <laughs> so, Joanne, I'm going to leave this last question with you. Uh, you know, obviously, a lot of work uh, from Casey has gone into creating this place. What is the best possible outcome in your, in your mind? Wow. So, that Canadians, for whom we think about ourselves as love and compassion, and when we see what's happening across the world and south of the border, and there's such anger and fear and fight that Canadians really represent the best of what this world can be. 
And so I want every single person who would respond to that survey and say, I would not be touched by somebody with HIV to dig deep and to really think about what that means. Could you go for a day, a week, a month, a year without touch? Imagine then applying that fear and stigma uh, to folks who didn't choose this disease. It wasn't a choice. It happened for a variety of different reasons, and those reasons don't actually matter. So let's be human to one another, let's love, let's show our compassion, and really rise to the top as we know Canadians can, and show the world that we need to smash stigma once and for all. So thank you today to our amazing partners uh, who've helped make this happen. First and foremost, our 18 healers who are going to be doing amazing things to help us smash stigma. And you don't mind, I'm sorry, yeah. but no. Um, 18 healers, of course, that are doing great. But I also do want to acknowledge the thousand people the doing HIV in Canada sure. um, and a bunch of people that, that couldn't be here today because um, meeting them where they're at, that they unfortunately are not comfortable with this. And, and one day maybe they will be here, and, but I, I want to show support and love to that and admire the strength that it does take for us 18 healers to be here to do that, but also um, admire the strength of the journey that um, um, thousands of our brothers and sisters are going in there. I couldn't have said it better, so thank you for that. <laughs> so thank you to everyone. Uh, enjoy Healing House, uh, three days that hopefully bring uh, a lot of education uh, out there as much as we can and uh, a lot of healing. So thank you. The Sean Prue Show will be right back on Canada Talks. With Sean Frew on Canada Talks, Sirius XM 167. Welcome back to the Sean Prue Show, uh, coming to you live from a very special place called Healing House, brought to you by Casey House, and uh, it's a pop-up spa here in downtown Toronto where the Sean Prue Show is based, and we are smashing stigma this weekend, this weekend of course marking World AIDS Day, December 1st, the conversation going crazy because of the person right next to me right now, Joanne Simons is the executive director of Casey House. Now, this show's heard across North America, so people don't know necessarily what Casey House is or what Healing House is, so let's start there. So, Casey House is an HIV uh, hospital. We serve uh, the clientele in Toronto, but also across Ontario. Um, with their uh, lives, both from a medical perspective, but also from a therapeutic perspective, um, and really give them a place where they feel comfortable, where there's no discrimination, um, that they can be who they are in their full selves. And today is the launch of Healing House, which is the world's first ever HIV positive spa. So we have um, 18 healers who are all HIV positive, um, who have been very brave and courageous and have been willing to to sit down and be trained by uh, RMT, Melissa Doldrin, um, who works for the Blue Jays, to deliver touch services uh, to the general public here in Toronto. This dovetails off of the really beautiful campaign, uh, June's Diner, Pop-Up Diner, uh, named after Casey House founder, June Callwood. Uh, and it was about smashing stigma in and around the idea of food and HIV people preparing it, cooking it. Um, well met, but also met with a lot of hate. Can you talk to us about the hate from last year and what you might expect? Because to me, you're dialing it up this year. Food is one thing, touch, touch is touch. 
Yeah, it's a lot more intimate, right? And it's a lot more personal. And we know as human beings, you know, I think it was 93% of Canadians said that they couldn't live without touch. And yet our clients uh, report that they don't have touch in their lives because of the stigma associated with the disease. And to be honest, you know, 40 years in, it's kind of abhorrent uh, that uh, we still have these beliefs that uh, HIV can be passed through skin-to-skin touch. And so this is doing a couple of things. One, it's educating folks. We want to challenge people to think differently uh, about HIV, both in terms of the transmission of it, um, but also what the stigma does to the soul of people who are living with HIV, who are full human beings with, you know, life and dreams and hope, and HIV is just a component uh, of them, and um, we really want to be able to show them the respect that they deserve in, um, in knowing that they are loved and that they feel comfort and they feel connected to a community who is not scared of their disease. And just as a guy who was diagnosed HIV in, in 2005, and, and I'm an undetectable now and have been for many years, it's a blessing to be in Canada. It's a blessing to live in this time-space reality where we have the meds that we do. But I also want to say, if you're listening to this and you are one of those people who would not have somebody HIV touch you or even cook for you, that you're coming at things from a fear based place, not just an ignorant place, but a fear-based place. And you come at it through fear, any topic at, at, at any topic through fear or through love. And when you're coming at stuff through fear, that's a terrible way to live. It's not just the people that you're projecting that onto. It's you. Yeah. You are suffering too. Yeah. I don't want to get all metaphysical on you, but that's the honest truth. You are suffering too. Mm-hmm. And you are holding yourself back. Mm-hmm. And when you ignore the education, the facts that are out there, and you still choose fear, mm-hmm. terrible place to come at things mm-hmm. from. Well, it's soul-destroying, right? It does. For everybody who's involved. And, you know, you think of people with other sorts of diagnosis. We would never treat them the way we do treat people with um, HIV. And I think we need to really question where our ethics, where our morals, where our love, where our compassion is coming from, and what is actually driving that fear. And it's for fear of we don't understand. We don't understand the gay lifestyle. We don't understand the trans lifestyle. We don't understand sex in these populations. And therefore, we think it's wrong, bad, and they are to blame uh, and be shamed for the fact that they're living with HIV. And that's that's just not how uh, we were supposed to be brought up in this community in Canada in 2018. So I'm going to lob at you my long-standing theory about fear that still lingers around HIV and around AIDS. We know that you acquire the virus through sexual transmission or through transmission uh, via uh, intravenous um, injection drug use. Uh, Sometimes people are unfortunately born with it too because their parent was HIV. So that those are those are the ways. So we're talking about sex and we're talking about drugs. And here I go all metaphysical, but I propose this to Chris, the massage therapist, the healer that just gave me a massage and I propose it to you. Is it not possible if you think about projecting onto others that all we're doing when we hate this way is we're saying, I have deep-seated hang-ups about sex. I have deep-seated hang-ups about drugs. And I have fear and I have loathing and I have all kinds of problems. And the fact that you have HIV because you acquired it through sex, I now condemn you, which is I condemn me. I, I think that's what the basis is because we've had so much education. Yeah. We've had the blessing of the internet. The information is at our fingertips and we still choose to hate. It's got to be about you, not yeah. the HIV positive person. Yeah, I mean, hate is is such a dismantling feeling. And I do think that people are worried about how they're perceived if they say, yeah, no, I'm great with HIV positive people. I'm great, I'm great with hanging out with, with the trans community. What does that actually say about me if I say that to your point, right? And uh, am I worried about people's perception? Am I worried about how I think about myself, how others think of me? And like it, that is just not a worthy conversation, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's just, it's, it's silly. And so, yeah, for all of those people who answered this, survey and said they, you know, 
only two uh, two thirds of Canadians said they wouldn't be touched by somebody with HIV. You know, check your assumptions and think about what you're saying, what you're doing, and who you are as a person, and and how you're then modeling your behavior for others. Um, and so the only way to change this um, for our future generations who have come a long way from the 80s is we need to teach and we need to be kind. And in a world that is so fraught uh, right now, I think that there um, we need to open up our hearts a little bit more and and live with love yes. and believe that life is good. And that means for all of us, not just some of us. And this is an airy-fairy stuff. When, when, when you say live with love, um, you can inject love into the world because of the energy of love and the energy of hate is measurable by science. It's measured in something called hertz. And the, the amount of hertz in love dwarfs the amount of hertz in hate. You can literally inject love in the world. A lot of you listening right now want to know what you can do because you've got a political atmosphere that is scaring and full of hate. You've got bad news. It feels like we're in a really challenging time and you want to know what you can do. This is what you can do. You can start to change your attitudes. If they are down there, you can rise up with your attitudes about those who are HIV positive. And when you stop and check yourself and think about it and come at it with a more love-based idea as opposed to fear-based, you have literally injected and infused love into the world. Mm -hmm. And if you want to do something in this climate of fear and hate, do that, smash stigma. My dad uh, taught my family um, years and years ago that we have a choice. We have a choice to make every single day when we get out of bed, how the world is going to experience us and how we are going to experience the world. And we should lead with courage, we should be fearless, and we do it with love. And I think that it's um, very powerful in that you know, the way you give love is, is, is what you then feel back in return, mm -hmm. right? So that fear that people are projecting, it's actually coming back at them. And so I think there's a, there's, there's a real challenge of self um, in that. And so if we get to make a choice, why not choose love? Why not choose good? Why not choose health and compassion? The other stuff, it's, it's, it's just not necessary. You're such a powerhouse. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's so easy to talk to you because you're um, you're so thoughtful, open about your status. Um, you're so powerful in making sure that you communicate what undetectable actually means. That you know you cannot spread the virus regardless of contact. You cannot spread the the virus, and that has given a real freedom uh, to people living with HIV and folks who are negative. Right? That that fear that we can now have sex that is positive and healthy and good and enjoyable, and and you're such a powerful voice in that. And um, I'm so pleased that we have this connection and that we get to spend time together because, you know, you, you, I think, challenge uh, the community that listens to you. Um, and, and I, you know, say kudos and thank you. Thank you, Joanne. I'm sitting here in Healing House. It's a pop-up spa and I'm with Chris right now. Chris Mallet. That's right. I said that right? Oh, I told yes. you I could do it. Uh, you are about to give me uh, a nice, relaxing neck, shoulder, back massage. I have no problem with your skin-on-skin -skin contact. Uh, I was diagnosed HIV in 2005. I've been undetectable for many years. But even if I was not, I can tell you right now, I would have no problem. Does it shock you that 51% of Canadians would have a problem? It actually really shocks me that uh, such a large number of Canadians are still under the impression that HIV can be transmitted uh, through skin-to-skin -skin contact. Um, it, the reason why it shocks me is because the education has been available and uh, readily available uh, through reliable sources, and these reliable sources, such as local aid service organizations and provincial and national aid service organizations, uh, work towards educating people, and I, I'm I'm more boggled by where the breakdown is in, in terms of communication and, and understanding. I'm boggled too because I'm 50, I grew up, I'm an 80s brat in rural Ontario under the specter of AIDS, uh, Ryan White, Rock Hudson, uh, fear and justifiable because everybody was dying like flies. Um, no internet, 
no support groups, no education in schools. So now we have the new generation, and it's not just new, but we have the new generation and people my age who, who live to tell, and then a new generation that was educated. Do you think that this speaks more because HIV is primarily transmitted, transmitted through sexual contact and through uh, intravenous needles, drug use, that sort of thing. But we have such hang-ups where sex and drugs are concerned. And do you think that it's the, we're really talking about a society that has its own personal stigma? Because wherever you're, whenever you're sitting with somebody, you're sitting with yourself. We are a mirror to each other. Mm -hmm. So if I point at you and I say, you're dirty, I don't want you touching me, you're saying that to yourself because of your attitude and your problem and your work that is yet to be done around the issues of sex and drugs. Now that's my theory as to why this continues on. I think we're shame-based and guilt-based in our society. What do you say? Absolutely. I, I think... Um because so the the communicab uh, communicability of the virus itself is is scary enough. Um, however, when it's actually associated with uh, something that makes other people uncomfortable, such as sex or or drug use, uh, that just makes it even more of a taboo subject to talk about. So it it is here. Um, people are still becoming infected. Um, the knowledge is available. We just have to make it more readily available for the general population, clearly. Can I have a massage? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Krishna. I appreciate you. I wish you nothing but joy. And thank you for being so brave to step up to the plate and be one of the 18 therapists here today? And that's right. There are 18 of us working here today. At the loudest spa I've ever been in in the world, I have to say. But when you're smashing stigma, it's not a quiet affair. Hey, if you enjoy the new ideas we share here on the Sean Prue Show, join thousands of others who want to live well by their own rules by signing up for my Thought Revolution newsletter. Each week, you'll get fresh insight and ideas from my journey to being, doing, and having anything to help you on your path, visit SeanPrue.com. Click I Can Help You to sign up. And keep up with the latest and greatest from The Sean Prue Show. Join us on Twitter at Sean Prue, at Sean Prue Show, and at SXM Canada Talks. Until next time, thanks for listening. I wish you joy. Oh, my rebel.